In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is shall Today is a big Sunday. Every Sunday is big. But today has many names. One of them you know as Cheese Fair. This is the last day for dairy. We spent the last week off of meat, easing into the great fast, which begins tomorrow. And on that theme, I, one of the hymns today I thought I'd read for you. I wasn't planning on this, but it seemed to stand out to me. The stadium of virtue is now open. Those who wish to compete, enter therein, girded for the good contest of Lent. For those who compete according to the rules shall receive their laurels rightly. Taking up the full armor of the cross, let us do battle against the enemy. As an impregnable wall, we have the faith. Prayer as our breastplate, acts of mercy as our helmet. Instead of a sword, there is fasting, which cuts every evil from the heart. He who does this shall attain a true crown from Christ, the King of all, on Judgment Day. And another hymn right after it ends with, Lord, through fasting, make us worthy to worship your passion and your holy resurrection as you love humanity. That could be a whole sermon right there. Today is also known as the expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise, reminding us, too, that because of sin, we, too, are exiles, and that we need to make our lifelong journey back to where we were meant to be. And, of course, today is also known as the Sunday of Forgiveness. Later, after the liturgy, when we enter into the Vesper service, we'll be able to ask one another for forgiveness. And as I was, the church always gives us, it seems, more than we can assimilate, more than we can absorb. And so as I was pondering what I might share with you today um, during the week, I had many choices. But as I was preparing and it seemed almost each day of this past week, the daily readings that are offered to us by the church were the story of Christ's passion. And we heard it in Mark, and we heard it in Luke, and we heard it um, in Matthew. And I was reminded as I prepared that right as the Lord be was beginning his own journey, his own passion, he told his disciples, I'm going up to Jerusalem. And he said to them, if any man would come after me, that is, be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, while this is not the gospel reading for today, which I will talk a little bit about, it is seemingly perfectly poised to help us see what is our Lenten experience to be about. Lent calls us to follow Christ more closely, to deny ourselves in certain ways, in essence, to take up our crosses and follow Christ on his journey to the cross, his precious and life-giving cross. Now, today's gospel, on the brink of the great fast, invites us on the journey to a fuller life in Christ, a secret journey. It reminds us and engages us and challenges us 
with a few things that will help us embody what it means for us to take up our crosses and follow him and begin to know what it means to deny ourselves. Emulating Christ to a small degree in his self-emptying, loving sacrifice. Now today's gospel is an excerpt from the challenging Sermon on the Mount, quite a large section of the gospel of both Matthew and Luke. And in this particular section that we read from today, he's talking about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Some in the church have called this the three-legged stool of the ascetic life in Christ. Because without these three things, it won't be much of a stool, more of a thing that tips over. And all these are tools to help us on our journey. Now, I will read our Lord's own words on these three things, um, extending the gospel reading today just a little bit. He begins in the verses that are just before the ones we read today. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And today he says, But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now these three things are important. They're essential, the three legs of the stool of our life in Christ that holds us up and supports us in our life. But they're not ends in themselves. They are the means to growing in Christ. All these require us a certain giving up of ourselves, a certain denying of ourselves to God and for others. Now in the midst of these things where he's talking about prayer and fasting and almsgiving, it's almost like he says, but wait. Forgiveness. You see, immediately before today's um, gospel reading is the Lord's Prayer, where he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And as if to emphasize, immediately afterwards he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now this seems a bit, I don't know, frightening or, or harsh in some way that the Lord will somehow withhold his forgiveness of our, of our sins contingent upon our forgiveness of others. But Father Zacharias, in his teaching, in his work on the teaching of St. Sophroni, says of forgiveness that God does not see us as a thing he has simply brought into being, but as his image, his equal with whom he can communicate. And he longs to do so. And one way he proves this, that he 
desires for us to be his equals is the way in which the Lord speaks to us as equals. If you forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God truly wants man to be his equal because we are his likeness. Forgiveness is where, where we must make our beginning in our journey to be more like Christ. Forgiveness is what clears the way for us to commune with your Savior, to be more equal to him, to be more like him. Now I opened with this Christ's challenge. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Great Lent is exactly the amplification of this verse in our lives. But what does it mean when our God is asking us, when he says, deny yourself, lose your life for my sake? Now, to answer that question, I found, or came across, rather, a quote from the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Now, forgive me, you Goyans, who were at the uh, winter retreat last week. You're going to hear some of the same things that I shared with you. And forgive me, all of you, I think Father may have shared some of this also in a sermon he did about a month ago. But I couldn't let it go because it seems so worth repeating. To answer this question, how, and how we shall deny ourselves and what it means for us in a practical sense to lose our life for him. And C.S. Lewis, while not a father of the church, he was in his life steeped in the writings and the teachings of the fathers. And I think he, in modern terms, is able to provide a beautiful distillation of much of what the fathers taught. And he said, the more we get to know, the more we get what we now call ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. In that sense, our real selves are all waiting for us in him. This is what St. Paul means when he says that you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. C.S. Lewis goes on. It is no good trying to be myself without him. The more I resist him and try to live on my own, the more I become dominated by my own heredity and upbringing and surroundings and natural desires. In fact, what I so proudly call myself becomes merely the meeting place for trains of events which I never started and which I cannot stop. What I call my wishes become merely the desires thrown up by my body, by my flesh, or pumped into me by other men's thoughts, or even suggested to me by devils. Until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. But there must be a real giving up of the self. 
You must throw it away blindly, so to speak. Christ will indeed give you a real personality, but you must not go to him for the sake of that. As long as your own personality is what you are bothering about, you are not really going to him at all. The very first step is to try to forget about the self altogether. Your real new self, which is Christ's and also yours, and yours, just because it is his, will not come as long as you are looking for it. It will come when you are looking for him, real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and your favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep nothing back. Nothing that you have not given away will ever really be yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, and ruin and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. This is what we're talking about when we talk about our new life in Christ. Denying ourselves, losing ourselves for Christ's sake. We can't keep hold of our old self and reach out for a new life. Praying, fasting, almsgiving all help us practice this denying and losing of our life. Each of them is but a tool. Great Lent is given by the church to us so that we can reset. So we can say, oh yeah, that's what my life is supposed to be like. That's what it means to live a new life in Christ. But first, we must forgive one another from our hearts. Forgiveness of our sins, that's the healing of our old life, opens the door to the new life in Christ. But in this, Christ has placed the ball in our court. To be forgiven, we must first forgive. He respects our freedom in his desire to make us his equals so that we can be near him in a communion as we grow in his likeness. St. Silouan says, we have such a law. If you, forgive men, if you forgive, it means that God has forgiven you. But if you do not forgive your brother, it means that your sin remains with you. As I said before, this sounds scary and harsh, that our forgiveness is contingent on us forgiving others. It is not meant to be harsh, but it is meant to be inspiring for us to reach out to that new life in Christ. Forgiveness is not easy. It is a real dying to oneself. And sometimes forgiving someone really feels like dying. But by God's grace, as we grow more into his likeness, into his love for all, it becomes easier. And at some point, say the saints, we cease even to notice when we've been wronged. St. Silouan tells a story that when he was in the service in the military as a young man, he was at the local pub and 
there was music and dancing. And he saw a man playing a, a musical instrument. I think they called it a concertina. And singing and dancing. And St. Siloan called him over and said, by his name, he knew him. He said, didn't you once kill a man? How can you be dancing and singing? How can you be celebrating in this way? And the man pulled St. Silouan, then the soldier Simeon, aside and said, yes, I did kill a man. But while I was doing my time, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that God would forgive me. And he did. And that is why I can rejoice. My brothers and sisters, before we can begin to forgive others, or maybe in the middle of forgiving others, we need to learn to forgive ourselves. Because you have been forgiven merely because you have asked your good God who loves you. So now today, on this day of forgiveness, let us forgive one another. Let us deny ourselves, take up our crosses and follow Christ together in our Lenten journey and our whole life, that we may find Christ and our true selves that are hidden in him. Amen.